You're listening to the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, now part of the ChairShot Radio Network on thechairshot.com. Remember, always use your head. You look like a dude who should be pumping my fucking gas. This isn't doing it for me. There's, I'm not getting, in, I'm not getting enjoyment out of this. He was a before the bell rings all star. All right, everybody, it is Thursday night, August 17th, 2023. This is the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, part of the ChairShot Radio Network. You can find us on thechairshot.com. Going to wrap around the room here and introduce my cast of characters that I have with me here tonight, starting from the Rob the Genius Podcast, the Minister of Truth, the Father of Facts and Figures, the Deacon of Data, shoot bear of the mindless wrestling podcast and the man with the golden shovel and sir i'm pretty sure you promised me in the group chat that the shovel was coming out on something tonight oh yes and you know what and uh i i, I that's what i forgot about when we were talking earlier um because of all of that stuff with uh oscar that you know which basically spilled all the beans on the her former employer yes Yes, so uh, the, the, the the Golden Shovel will be making an appearance tonight. Uh, looking forward to that and getting into that a little bit. Also with us tonight, not on assignment this week, hailing from the cloud. Oh, my God, I botched his, I botched his <laughs> intro. This has been a shit week, man. I can't even wrap my head up. I'm like, like my fourth podcast this week. It's been a rough week at work. I've been talking for like, I don't know, what feels like forever and a day. Hailing from the Purple Haze and Cloud Nine, Bucky's tag team partner, a man destined to go through a barbershop window, Jason, sir, how are you? See, this is exactly what Tony Khan doesn't avoid with this whole, oh, yeah, you can go anywhere you want. Oh, so DJ can go on this podcast, he can go on that podcast, he'll go on this podcast, and by the time he gets to record, you know, our podcast, the his podcast... He's, you know, oh, I'm so tired. I'm exhausted. I'm like, hey, man, this is the main event. This is what we pay you for. This is what you made like, the big bucks. <laughs> here, here I am out playing pod, podcast of madness, and <laughs> I, I'm not ready for the end game. <laughs> God, that's just my life. Anyway, I am the guy who can't get the intro straight, the man with the award-winning and holy beard, DJ. This is the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, again, part of the ChairShot Radio Network on thechairshot.com, where we remind you and encourage you to always use your head. Uh, we got a bunch of stuff to talk about tonight. We're going to start off um, We're gonna start off talking to some Jey Uso. Uh, if you watched SmackDown last week, Jey Uso officially declared not only was he out of the bloodline, not only was he off of SmackDown, but he is out of the WWE. WWE proceeded to move Jey Uso to the alumni section of the website. And here we are a week later. Gentlemen, what are we doing here? Like, what, what, what is this? What's, what's, what's going on with Jey Uso? I think that... Jay Uso, when it when it's all said and done, will will go down as one of the greatest tag team wrestlers of all time, um, with a great singles run. And I think this is a great way to say goodbye to his career. You know, he knows he embarrassed the bloodline, he embarrassed the family, and he's choosing to do the graceful thing. 
and walk away, which is, you know what? Kudos. Kudos, pal. Okay. Rob, your take? Well, <laughs> um, yeah, that, well, um, look, I'm sure there's a, there's a nice spot. On in reality of wrestling, if he wants to go back there, no, I thought honestly, I was, I was surprised that he took it there. Um, obviously, there's going to be some type of ongoing, you know, the the, the beef is not over with everybody, but I, I was surprised that he, you know, he went that far. <laughs> he said, "I'm yeah. at it." It's definitely an interesting twist in the whole. This this road that's already full of twists and turns. This is just another hard bend, you know, in the path, and it's interesting. But let's let's start off by saying here: name me a superstar currently active on the WWE roster who is more deserving of a break than Jey Uso. Um, nobody, and to be honest, because um, last year I think him and Jimmy, I don't think they missed the loop all last year. And they worked Raw and SmackDown while they were unified yeah. tag team champions. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I think they didn't miss a, they didn't, I don't think they missed the weekend last year because every time you know you can see those little house show reports if you, you know that you know what happened at you know such and such town, they were on like I can't remember them not being on one. Yeah. So they went hard all fifty-two weeks last year. And you know they haven't been doing as many dates this year, but I mean they were, but they were still going every weekend. I think up through WrestleMania at least. Yeah. So I mean you know, K Favor, I was you know, in real life, yeah. I mean he deserves some time off because man he's been going hard for a year now, well over a year now. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see what happens here. I know that you know as you know breaking a little bit away from K Favor. He and Jimmy have always wanted a one-on-one WrestleMania match. Problem is, we're still like six and a half, almost seven months away from WrestleMania. Yeah. Do, do you drag this out that long? I mean, we've talked about this kind of thing on this show before. I'd say on average, a, a good feud has three, maybe four months in it if you're, you know, you're wanting to throw some things in there. I have a hard time, unless he's taking some substantial time off and just walking away until close to the end of the year and maybe ramping it back up in Royal Rumble time, I I have a hard time seeing how they're going to be able to milk this for the next several months. So Yeah, I just, I don't, I, I just don't think that's happening. Um, I think yeah. they, they, they're not going to milk it that long, but yes. Oh, and I've brought this up when people, you know, we've been predicting this breakup. Of, you know, they're, you ask them their dream WrestleMania opponent, and they say each other. They've had feuds in the past, but that was like, the last time they feuded was they were early in NXT, I want to say, and it was over some girls. So, like, no, that's not the same. And, okay, let's look at the reality of the situation. Well... Guys, if I'm in the back and I'm writing this story, I just say, guys, I can't time everything else that we want to do with this story with you guys fighting at WrestleMania. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to drag this thing out to SummerSlam 
or, or I don't know, whatever the next one is, uh, Survivor Series. The next big one is Survivor Series. Yeah. Survivor Series or Saudi. Yeah. So, and you have to imagine he's going over there for a Saudi payday. Right. So that's yeah. the, okay. Maybe they do it there. Um, so sorry, pal. Just timing-wise, we can't do WrestleMania. Um, but we'll do the next best thing and get you boys paid to beat the crap out of each other. So I think that's kind of the play. I, I can see a scenario where Jay comes back, tries to – because like I said, we've got Survivor Series coming. You, I can't imagine – that they're not going to have the bloodline involved in some major match, whether it be another traditional Survivor Series match or another War Games match. Um, I, I can't imagine that Roman's not going to be on that show in some capacity. And I can't imagine being that it is one of the big fours that we're not going to have Jey Uso back there doing something. Even if he comes back and begrudgingly helps his family, uh, comes back and costs his family, it's it's yet to be seen, but it's definitely in, an intriguing turn in this storyline that I don't think anybody saw coming. Like, I think we were all sitting there after uh, SummerSlam thinking, okay, what's next for Jey Uso? What's next for the Bloodline? I don't think anybody had Jey Uso quitting on their bingo card. No, I sure didn't. All right, yeah. well... I- it could be, I mean, we've seen them do stuff like this before, and it only lasted a couple of weeks. So, we'll yeah. see. I mean, they committed to the bit. I love them moving to the alumni bit, moving him to the alumni bit. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. But we'll see. This could be, honestly, because don't forget, Rikishi refereeing a match of payback, and I can't imagine there won't be a member of the Anahuagi family involved in that. So... Either Jimmy's going to try his hand at the Tribal Chief, or we might be getting to it at Payback. So. One thing I liked in the whole delivery was Jimmy has not forgotten what Roman and Solo did to him. And I loved that his side of the story, whether Jay accepted it or not, was, look, I'm trying to keep you from becoming him. Yeah. And I thought that was really super cool. Because, um, again, you got to wonder, you know, we were just three weeks away for, or three weeks removed from Solo and uh, Roman absolutely destroying Jimmy Uso. So you have to question in your mind, what allegiance does he have to Roman? Well, he has none. The allegiance isn't to him. The allegiance is to his brother and trying to protect his brother from becoming this narcissist. Right. This, this, this animal, this, you know, monster that Roman has become. Such a, such a great layer to the story. Well, and even... Till Roman admitted it, like Roman admitted it flat out when they show him like the 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 trial of the tribal chief. He's like, "That's not me. That's yeah. not him. That's who I have to be." And that's exactly it. He's like, and he told him, he's like, "You don't want to be me. Right. You don't want to shoulder the responsibility of keeping this family relevant, uh, of making this family the most powerful family in the entire industry." And keeping it there, nobody wants that role. I told my I told my staff in a meeting the other day. I was like, "Look, I was like, because yeah, I had some people. You get into a situation where there's too many chiefs and not enough Indians." And and I flat out told my staff the other day. I was like, "Look, I was like, guys, let me run this clinic because I can promise you, none of you wants this role." And I don't mean that in an insulting way. I mean, none of you wants the, the crap that goes along with being the guy in charge. 
And, you know, that's what Roman has been not so politely trying to tell these boys for six months. You know, I'm the tribal chief because I'm the only guy that can do it. Right. It's just actually, you know what? I'm trying, uh, you know, I'm drawing a conclusion, uh, an analogy here, because we talk about the fact that Honky Tonk had this this ridiculous record and he was a bum. Well, Roman isn't a bum, but he still has a ridiculous record, even for the modern era, even for guys, his peers. He's looking at these guys. He's like, do you see what I've had to become to do this against the Brock Lesnar's, the, you know, Drew McIntyre's, the whatever's? You know, he he's looking at them full right in the face and knowing exactly what he's become, but he doesn't care. Yeah. Right. Well, and- Go ahead, Rob. I'm sorry. Well, it's like it's like the old line from the from the Untouchables, what the, the Sean Connery says to like the whole movie. Like, what are you prepared to do? Yeah. And, and he spends the whole movie asking Kevin Costner that question. What are you prepared to do? Yeah. Well, it's like Commissioner Gordon in the uh, in the Dark Knight when he's talking about, or no, it was uh, the Dark Knight Rises, and he's talking to uh, Levitt. I forget his name. It ended up being Robin in the movie. He's telling me, he's like, you know, I hope if you're ever in my situation, you have a friend who can reach down into the muck and get his hands dirty. And Roman's, you know, the one in the family to get his hands dirty, to keep the family relevant. Yeah. I mean, the so, boys got a taste of it when they were defending their own tag titles, but they, they didn't go to the depths. He did. No. So. No. Be interesting to see where we go towards the end of the year. A lot of times we call this the doldrums part of the year, but... We've, we've got some good story. We've got a lot of good stuff going on um, in WWE story-wise. Uh, one thing that I want to talk about as we talk about uh, potential WWE careers being over or people leaving WWE, uh, Edge made some comments that have now got the internet wrestling community kind of spinning its wheels and a lot of people hopeful for one thing and a lot of other people hopeful for others. He's saying that uh, coming up, his match with, with Sheamus in what, Toronto? Yes, a Friday. In Toronto is his last mm-hmm. contractually obligated WWE match. Like his contract is done after that match. He doesn't know what he's going to do next. And, you know, there, there's some speculation on, you know, just in a group chat that I'm in, some people feel like, nah, he's he's got more in him, he's got more to do. And but do you end such a career and and, and something that a guy worked so hard to come back and stealing a line, finish the story and go out his own way. Do you end that on a random SmackDown episode or does edge continue on and call it a wrap at next year's WrestleMania? Jason, what do you think? Well, assuming it's not a complete and utter work and you know, we get right off into just, he's in a feud with Seamus and we, you know, we're off to the races because he, wink, wink, said, yeah, I'm not, I haven't technically signed yet, but it's all but official. Um, so aside from that, which I think is the leader in the clubhouse, that he just re-signs for another, at least another year to WrestleMania, till through WrestleMania. Um, but if he does not, then I still think for this portion of his career... Um, on a random SmackDown is kind of interesting, but um, it's more about the location. And again, Sheamus, yeah, 
Honestly, if if and I believe we've heard this before that this match was set up that Edge was tra- trained a lot with Sheamus when he was um when he was getting ready to come back, or at least that fact had come out. Um, but regardless, okay, take that for for a fact. That what better way to bookend this comeback than to put on a banger with the guy who got. I mean, it's not because you got to think that this is almost, you know, I mean, yes, you don't want to think that his last uh, his last match, his last thing was him having to retire and that promo and stuff. But this was almost like an epilogue to his career. It was almost like an extra chapter. So I don't think you need to do the the out at WrestleMania, like, oh, you know, fanfare, the whole nine yards. Um, and yeah, it, I, I don't think he goes anywhere else though. Um, to answer that question, I just don't see it. Um, I don't see him working over in Jacksonville cause I just don't think I could see him working that style and in, in, in that environment, but I've been wrong before. Uh, but I just don't see that. If my leader in the clubhouse is that he just resigns and does sporadic appearances till WrestleMania and then it's over. Um, but if this is truly it for for a while at least, then yeah, there's no better way to go out, frankly, with how this story started. Rob, what do you think? Um, well, I mean, unless he has, I mean, if he has a list of names of people that he really does want to have a match with in AEW, then. You know, okay, I could see him going there for a little while. Um, it does seem kind of weird for his last match to just be this, but you know, he told us a year ago that this was a you know because he already knew the event calendar, and so he told us a year ago this it was going to be over around this time. Yeah. Um, it just does seem kind of weird for it just to be on an episode of SmackDown. Um. But at the same time, um, everybody doesn't do the big parade, right? I mean, some I mean, some people do, some people that's what they want. Um, but everybody doesn't do that. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking like, oh, the um, you know, Dean Smith, the you know, old basketball coach in North Carolina. Um, you know, he came to coach. He coached practice one day, and he's like, you know what? You know, what? yeah. This ain't it, man. And, yeah. And he says it's time to go. Um, that happens sometimes. People, you know, players or coaches, they, you know, they come in, they do one more practice or one more game, and they're just kind of like, mm, you know what? And it's time. And, yeah. And they don't do the big parade or whatever. So maybe that's it. Well, um, it, go ahead. I'm sorry. I just, yeah, it's just so, I mean, you know, everybody's wired a different way. Um, some people want the big send off. I'm just, you know, quietly walking out the door. You know, I don't know. Well, and that may very well be what he wants. It's in front of his hometown. You know, it's in Canada. It's I, I could I could see that being a nice a nice exclamation point. I mean the 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 comeback was huge. And I, I don't think any amount of pomp and circumstance and victory lap or anything like that is going to top 
that sensation, that feeling when Edge came out in the Royal Rumble a couple years back. Right. Like, you're not topping that. And, I, and I, that, to me, I think is almost more important than going on a, a farewell tour, so to speak. But you came back. It was absolutely incredible. You hit an absolute home run just about every single time you came back. Every time you came out and, and had a match, I think we're good here. And, and that may very well be, you know, I'm in front of my people. I'm in my hometown. I'm, I'm good. And, you know, if Edge is good with that, he'll have a great match with Sheamus. It'll be a great send-off. And if that's where he leaves it off, that ain't so bad. I, mean, I know we keep saying, well, you know, on a random episode of SmackDown. It's not really a random episode. Like, if this is Edge's last match, if they're promoting it as Edge's last match, that's a big deal. And and they'll treat it as such. WWE's pretty good about that. And, you know, Sheamus will go out there and and, and, and give him and make him look like a, a million bucks. Well, and also, do you really, 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 really need the exclamation point? Because, my God, you came back in the Royal Rumble... And then you had a banger year. Then you win <coughs> the Royal Rumble. And then you main event WrestleMania. Like, you did. Yeah, I could just see that at the end of that, you just go, yeah, now I'm just going to quietly slip out the back door of my hometown. Like you said, Rob. You know, sometimes, you know, just, all right, I'm at peace with it. That was it. Good job. All right, well, we'll see what happens if this is indeed the the end for Edge. Uh, I think the second run, for me, the second run was more fun than the first. I liked Edge. I did not love Edge. I kind of didn't see the vision with him as a main event superstar, and I had largely tuned out of WWE during the bulk of his main event run anyway. So maybe, you know, maybe if I go back and look at it again, I'll view it through a different set of optics. This run has been fun. I think it's been an absolute gift, um, something that we never thought we were going to get again. And, you know, I'm glad we got it. And, you know, and I thank him for that. I thank, you know, WWE for giving us that. Same here. Um, the whole thing you have to view through that lens that we kind of viewed Daniel Bryan's last, second run with of just like anything he does, we're just going to be ecstatic that first year. Like just cause just seeing that guy on TV, and then they he went out and did not mail it in at all. No, God, neither did Edge. Right. Yeah. No, that's what I mean. Like neither one of them. Um. But they both like, obviously they were going to take advantage of every single second they could be on TV, con- considering how they got there. But still, man, it was just special. So yeah, this would be a fun way to end it. Honestly, it really would be. Yeah. Rob, you got any parting thoughts here? Um, well, we'll see what happens. Um, you know, it's again just the nature of it is, you know, you know, kind of weird. But um, look at him now. If it's if it main events the show tomorrow night, and if he you know, the match is over, if he gets the mic and gives an address, and then the show goes off, then I think it, then I think it's definitely that is it. Um, now obviously now. If, there, if if there's some type of run in or something, and he gets the shit kicked out of him, then we know we we know what that we is. know there's more coming. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so no, Brian got bounced out of the territory. Well, I mean, he, especially, he especially if they know he's going to Jacksonville. Yeah. 
Yeah, but I mean, Brian lost the match. It wasn't like he didn't get beat up and thrown in a dumpster or something. I mean, oh no, (laughs) I would, I I could see it be like, hey Edge, get all your shit in, be happy, kiss your kids, all that stuff before the match, because after the match, the brawling brutes are going to beat the ever loving crap out of you, and then that's how we're going to take SmackDown off the air. Bye bye, Edge. Ah, that's too much of a cliffhanger. Yeah, that, come on, man. That, that's a cliffhanger, man. You, you can't no send Edge out like that. Not in a beatdown like that. Oh, if I know he's going going to play with Koki Khan, absolutely. Kiss the ring, pal. <laughs> eh, I think I think there's a I think there is a single digit chance of Edge ever actually going to AEW, and that's all. I only say that because his best friend works there and they did make him an offer before he came back to WWE. Those are the only two reasons I would even <clears throat> that I'm even laying single digit chances on Edge going to to the Jacksonville territory. Yeah, like I said, unless I mean if if he if he has a list of people that he wants to do some stuff with there, then sure. But yeah, I don't think you, I don't think he's going there cuz Tony waved a bunch of money in his face. No. No. Not at all. My point, though, is that um, if, if, if he were to go and they knew it, okay, pal, like, I'm joking about the beatdown and whatnot, but okay, you got to give me some juice out on your way out of the door. Oh, no, absolutely. If they know he's going to AEW, like, if he's made it clear, like, say he weren't happy, like, say he's leaving because he's not happy, he's tired of not getting a main event shot, whatever the reason that people leave WWE. Because they're not happy. If it's a situation like that, you absolutely drum them out of the territory. Or, yeah. Or maybe, but I don't think this is that situation. Like Rob says, maybe he just looks at you and goes, hey, guys, I got a second lease on wrestling life here, and I've got a list. And, like, there are three guys over there that are, like, top of my list, and I, I really just want to do it. And at that, that point, I just be like, all right, cool. You know, but again – We'll just get something out of it. Like Roman. I mean, Roman got something out of Daniel leaving. Daniel Daniel challenged him one-on-one, and Roman beat him clean as, clean as a whistle. Well, that's the thing. I think I wouldn't – if that's the case, then they wouldn't. I mean, I mean, just losing to Sheamus. I mean, like Daniel Bryan lost to Roman Reigns, right? Yeah. Um, I don't think they would have an edge. You know, if he's losing – if he's jobbing one of the way out of the territory, I don't think they would just have him lose to Sheamus. No, no, no. What I'm saying, yeah, what I'm saying is, you got to give me some juice. They still talk about Daniel Bryan being on the list of people that Roman Reigns has conquered, single as, as a singles competitor, like a one-on-one. They still talk about it, and the guy works across the street. Yeah, but I mean, that's what I mean. That's why they wouldn't just have a match with Shane. Juice, right? Right. They would make it a bigger deal. No, I got what you're saying. Yeah, if he, if he yeah. was leaving like that, then they they would. They would have him call out Roman Reigns one more time, and then they'd have one more match, and then he would lose that and then go. Yeah, just like, like Daniel Bryan did. Um, I don't think, I don't think he would job his way out of the territory just having a match with Sheamus on a Friday. I mean, yeah, right. Yeah. That's at any yeah, at that. any rate, whatever happens, Edge. Thank you, WWE. Thank you for giving us that one last run. And if he's here for a little while longer, hell, I'll take it. Yeah. Now I think um, if he does not leave, I do think then. The longest he's going to be around is the next WrestleMania if he doesn't if he is not leaving. Well, I just, you know I was in the group chat earlier today and somebody mentioned that it's getting harder and harder for him to get in the ring and wrestle. 
And if we're getting into a situation where it was like The Undertaker for the last year or so, where The Undertaker's flat out told everybody, he's like, look, it takes me months to get back into the to shape enough to get in the ring and go. And I don't think Edge is quite that bad yet. But we're also talking a guy, about a guy who, like me, is going to be 50 pretty soon. And the body just doesn't heal. You know, it's it's hard on you. And, you know, it's it's probably one of those things where he's like, this this is, you listen to your body. And especially a guy who got a second lease on life, you don't want to roll the dice. You don't want to tempt fate. When your body says enough, you listen. Yeah. This might be just one of those things where they're like, all right, man, your contract's up. We're going to give you the cool send-off on SmackDown. You go take an ice bath for a couple of months, and then we'll call. Yep. All right. Well, Rob, go ahead and start shining up the shovel because we're getting into that segment next. But before we do, I want to invite you to go to the ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the share shot. From there, you can pick yourself up a mindless wrestling podcast T-shirt. I've got mine on tonight. Love it. It's comfortable. You should pick one up for yourself. We will love you for doing that. That is ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Again, you're listening to the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, part of the Chair Shot Radio Network, where you can find us on thechairshot.com. Remember, always use your head. Rob, we gotta talk, we gotta talk some Oscar. Oscar absolutely unloaded the clip yes. this week on stardom. And yeah. It, it absolutely, and, and this is stuff that people have speculated for a while, and the internet nerds have always ignored it and ignored it, and it just, I don't even remember what set her off. Oh, me neither. Uh, but, yeah, and I woke up to this. I woke up to Asuka just shooting it, shooting it, and shooting it. I'm like, what the hell happened? Um, yeah, I think, I, I don't know what was said to piss her off, but, but um, and, it, I mean... But she decided just, you know what, um, you know, just, I, you know, I guess, um. Do you have that one piece of clothing you keep going back to no matter how full your closet is? Having a versatile, high-quality favorite feels great, but having a whole closet of them feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything from t-shirts and jeans to sweatshirts and jackets. And of course, their legendary best hoodie ever. So you can fill your wardrobe with the pieces that will get you through your spring days. Like the lightweight joggers and pullovers in the French Terry collection or the rich and polished premium slub crew tee. Whether you're dressing for work, the gym, or happy hour, American Giant makes something that's sure to be your next closet go-to. And it's all made in America and designed to last a lifetime. Find a closet staple for every part of your day at American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use Staple 20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com. Promo code STAPLE20. It's time to just let everybody know about these folks. I mean, well, people have this fantasy idea, like, would put, a lot of your nerds, they love Japanese wrestling. And and to be fair, New Japan and, and all that stuff is really good. Like, the wrestling, the matches, the stuff is really good. And a lot of the stuff from stardom is really good. But then you turn off the camera. And it's, it's the dirt. Like, everybody wants to know every single little dirty nuance that goes on behind WWE's doors. But then they turn a blind eye to it when it's anybody but WWE. And this is one of those situations, Rob. Yes. And look, um, 
the wrestling business is a dirty business. Um, it's part of well, good look, it's part of the entertainment industry. The entertainment industry is a vile cesspool. Okay, or the or the cross subjects given to quote Obi Wan Kenobi is a wretched hive of scum and villainy. Yes. <laughs> okay, that is the entertainment industry. Okay, um, and so some of these things you hear about people doing. You know, like say politicking, some of that's survival. People not getting along with each other sometimes is survival. People, you know, walking out when they don't get a booking they don't want. Sometimes that's survival. Okay. Because you were not dealing with the Boy Scouts here. And so in this case, and I've okay, I've found some of the uh, some of the stuff she said here. Um well a short okay, so Here's one thing it says the um, because basically the wrestling media over there has had it out for her. And because <clears throat> when stardom was founded, the people in charge basically, you know, um, they made it a point. Well, they, you know, they tried to basically bury her reputation. And they had all the kind of wrestling media over there, you know, on their side. And so and because if you notice, like, um, you know, with EO, you know, she got a front page story in the one of the sports papers over there for cashing in the briefcase. They don't ever say anything about Oscar doing anything. And Oscar's won Royal Rumbles. She was undefeated all that time. She won a bunch of titles. They don't ever say anything about her. Okay. And that's not by accident. It's because, you know, she got there people over there got heat with her and she got heat with them. Um, and so she just started um one thing she says here is that you know when she became champion here one of the media outlets asked if over there one of the media outlets over there was asking people is she good enough to be champion you know and and, and she says you know the, in japan the media hated me because i didn't flatter the media in japan everyone was flirting with the media except me <laughs> i fought the media alone to take care of my fans that's why some of the japanese media Still, you know, still hate me. Um, so there's a lot there. Um, and so she she has heat with those folks back home still, the company and the wrestling media. And the biggest thing that, I mean, that I'm taking out of this is, okay, and this is where the shovel comes in. A lot of you people been wanting her to leave and go back there. Because you think she has it so bad here. I'm going to pause you there. I liked one of the things that she said in one of her tweets. She referred to, and I quote, WWE, she found an oasis. Yeah. She's happy. And I think that drives a certain pocket of the population insane. Because it's WWE. You are supposed to be miserable there. If, yeah. you, if you're not a, you know... 3,000-day world champion, your career stunk in WWE, you should be miserable, and you should want to leave every day of your life, and she's not. And that drives them nuts. And she even, like, she named, you know, some she of her... She has! Like, she's been treated very well uh, by WWE. She she rocked, she was an NXT record breaker. She you know she's held multiple championships. She won a Royal Rumble. Like, 
why wouldn't she be happy in WWE? Well, you know, Jason, you know why. Because they made her lose to that woman at WrestleMania 34. <laughs> oh, no. One match in a... How long has she been? Seven years now she's been in WWE? Um, count NXT, yeah. and um, About so, seven years she lost. So you guys are letting one match. She, I love Asuka. She's Black easily Mer- in my top three. She is one of the most protected superstars in WWE currently. I'm sorry. Shut your face if you think Oscar's been treated poorly. Yeah, I'm sorry. When you know, and she well, and she lost to that and, woman. Twice. And I'll raise you one for, for further. Okay, what is everybody so mad about that match for? Well, because Charlotte beat Oscar's undefeated streak, right? Okay, think about who is there. Who were in position to get that honor? And who would who would they seriously consider around that time? That's still around now. That's still really really relevant. The only other one at that point in time might, and I and I stress might, have been Bailey. Well, that because be- Becky wasn't Becky yet. She wasn't big time back. She wasn't the man. So it sure as hell wasn't going to be Becky Lynch. Paige was gone. It, it wasn't going to be Bailey because Bailey, I mean, because <clears throat> Bailey had been getting stomped all over by Alexa Bliss for six months by that point. Yeah, and <clears throat> so the only person on the roster at the time that was still full time active was Charlotte. Well, I mean, well, there's you know there's the there's boss. Alexa Bliss, like well, no, the, well, well, and think, well, guys. So I think you can look back at that one and go, no, they got that right. Well, they just shouldn't have done it, Jason. She should have been just been undefeated for another four hundred oh, days until until somebody who deserved it could do it. No, oh, Jesus, everybody deserves it. You know that's oh, what it was because it, it wasn't just that she you know, her streak got broken; it got broken by that woman, <laughs> and that's just unacceptable. That's they basically told you from day one that we are going to slap this girl with accolades. Oh, and she got another unique accolade. Oh, wow. I, I guess you know, you you guys tend to say WWE doesn't do long term storytelling. I do beg to differ, but you guys just don't want to pay attention if it's not not the story you want to hear. So so yeah, Jay. So she she should leave because she would treat she was been treated so unfairly because she had to lose to that woman a couple of times. Because you know, nothing else matters, right? You know, nothing else matters. Just like how with you know Cesaro, nothing ma- nothing else matters because he didn't get the, the he didn't get to win the world title and get the briefcase cashed on him five minutes later, right? right. So nothing else matters. So and just with Oscar, nothing else matters because she had to lose a couple of times to that woman. So nothing else matters. Have I mentioned that by and large, I hate the internet wrestling community. <laughs> I mean, you know. Also, won the best money in the bank match of the best women's money in the bank match ever. I will die on the hill. That was oh, so much that fun. And, that uh, whole thing, and Oscar was absolutely the star of that show, even even on the men's side. Yeah, I understand then, why we can never do it again, but God, I would love them to. Oh, absolutely. Oh, and by the way, if we're talking about ending like long runs, um, 
she Asuka ended a very long run herself. She did? She just beat the longest reigning women's champion of the modern era. She did? She so, did? But, but I guess that doesn't count because she had to, you know, because she lost two times after that woman. I guess that doesn't count. Rob, real quick. Yes. Who beat Honky Tonk for the his record? I mean, who ended the, the reign? The Ultimate Warrior. Did he? Okay. Yeah, yeah the Ultimate Warrior is SummerSlam '88. Yep. All right. So, yeah, that in in for and that was that justified that moment justified the entire Honky Tonk Man run. So she, yeah, so she ended Bianca's longest, you know, modern day title reign. And she was the first, you know, the she was the first one to hold the new belt. Yes. Right? So she held the new belt before that woman has ever gotten to hold it. Okay. <laughs> I mean, think about that, people. So, but, oh, but I guess she's been treated so badly. She's been treated so badly, she should go back with her hat in her hand to the place that has been trying to bury her ever since she left. No, thank you. She's happy. I think she's, I, 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 I Follow her on Instagram. I think she's currently in the process of building her own arcade. Yeah, right. So, which I, mean, I think is awesome. So, I mean, how miserable is somebody that they, that they get to build their own arcade? <laughs> also, hey, you're building your own arcade. I assume in like Florida or California or something. I'm not sure where she lives. She's one of the few that I don't know where they live. Oh, because I think she lives like it. Because is she in Vegas? Yeah, I know I she so. spends a lot of time yeah, in Vegas. I think she may live out there. Yeah. Hey, I know you're in the middle of building your arcade and your home and everything like that, but you really should just go to Japan for a quarter, maybe, the money and put on these matches in a place that you hate because I didn't like uh, the story that I was told. Okay. Are you really a fan if that's what you want for Asuka? No, you're not. Like, if you're a fan, you want these people to be happy. And if she's telling you she found an oasis and she's happy, be happy for her. Let her have that. She she spent the first 12 years of her career killing herself. Yeah. I, I watched a match where she absolutely got the shit kicked out of her by a man. I mean, who was the guy, Rob? Um, it was Suzuki. Mazzaro Suzuki. Yeah, Suzuki. Absolutely bodied by Suzuki. She's paid her dues. Okay. She's paid her dues. Let her run her career the way she wants to. Let her enjoy her life and enjoy it with her. Oh, and by the way, when uh, she mentioned a couple of names of people, she, she considered... happy dances on security cameras in an elevator during one of the wackiest matches I've yeah. ever seen in my life. Then you say, "God bless, God bless you, Oscar. Carry on." Oh, yeah. by the way, um, she 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 named a couple of names of people she considers to be like comrades in arms here in in the WWE. Yeah. One of them was that woman. Yeah. Uh-oh. So what do you have to, what do you people have to say to that? Who did she say? Uh, she said Triple H, Becky, and Charlotte. Yep. Okay. And people that she's real pretty close with and have been really helpful to her. You like to hear it? I know there's a pocket of you that don't like to hear it too bad. So. So, so yeah, one of the people. Yeah. So so she named that woman as somebody who's been good to her here and somebody that she considers a friend and all that stuff. So what do y'all have to say about that? They got nothing. They got nothing. They got nothing. (laughs) All right. Since we're on the topic of women's wrestling, let's shift gears here slightly and have a discussion about these WWE Women's Tag Team Championships. Is there a more cursed thing 
in the wrestling industry right now. And and I can't I can't imagine that there is after so many starts and stops, false promises, champions ending up in the witness protection program, two people not getting booked the way they wanted to, and ultimately quitting and leaving the company, titles being vacated, multiple people, you know, multiple women in different tag teams winning these things. I think we have had two meaningful runs. Since they no, I'll take that back. Three meaningful runs since these things were um, created. What four years ago now? Two thousand four. Okay, so yeah, four years ago, the initial Sasha and Bailey run, the Kabuki Warriors, Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler. That's it for me. Beginning, what? middle, end. Uh huh. Yeah. This is Iconics Erasure, and I will not have it. I just said they went into witness protection. The Iconics won it and it disappeared. Yes. Oh, okay. You know, I I will say that I was looking forward to um, Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville. I've been pining and stumping and and pushing for Sonya Deville for months to get her flowers. She finally got them, and bless her heart, she got injured. So, you know, it's just we're four years into this, and aside from three – Decent runs, we have yet, they have yet to do anything meaningful with these championships. And it's, it's as a women's wrestling fan, Rob, I know you don't understand what that means. I know. Rob, Rob, Rob hates women's wrestling if you're new to this. <laughs> it's damn frustrating that they can't find something to do and someone to leave these championships on, either long term or build some meaningful feuds around. So, all right, so... It's, um, they just got to... I think they found its level, okay? This is this is the... What they did last or Monday was wow, perfect. I like it. Where we are and where these belts have been and where they have gone, fine. Piper just shows up, grabs a belt, and says, I'm your new partner. Chelsea, no, wait, let me check with management. Piper... No, you're not listening. I am your new partner. (laughs) Fine. I'm all caught up. I'm good to go. Fits Piper's character perfectly. We're off to the races. It fits Chelsea Green's character perfectly, too. Yeah. Where she just kind of goes, okay, gift horse. I took one glance, but I'm not going to continue to look any further down your mouth. Let's go. So... Uh, yeah, honestly, right now they're just a mid card thing. It's, I, they're, they're in a really weird spot where I think it would be maybe this iteration of them. It's time to just can them and maybe crown a new one in like a year, uh, just to get rid of the bad juju. But I can tell you that women's tag team champion, we're at the point where, yeah, you probably should have a women's tag team championship. But you, it it's just you gotta find where it's gonna where it's gonna land. Um, because it just seems like any given week they don't know if it's gonna be you know ne- next to the main event or if it's gonna be bouncing around you know at eight oh five. So for a while, just let it live, live in the midcard. Let Chelsea and Piper hang on to it. Let them do this thing for a little while with 
you know, they don't have to be up against Be- a, a team of Becky and Sonya or whoever every single week or every single month. Just let somebody breathe with them for a little while and see if we can get these things back on their feet. Well, and they've also got plenty of women that they can put together in tag teams right now. Yeah. Okay, so to just rattle off a few numbers here. All right. Um, the first year they were in existence, they were defended on like seven premium live events. Okay. Uh, the next, that was ni- 2019. The next two years, they were defended 2020, 2020, 2021. They were defended on four apiece. Um, 2022, they were defended on two. Jesus. This year so far, they've been defended on one. Um, so it, it, the numbers are shrinking. And. But, you know, and and, and no, I'll put a pin in this question. Go ahead and finish. And well, and see, well, one of the problems is they don't they don't know well, the way they it, it's been very schizophrenic the way they book them because it's like okay, do you want them to be for women who aren't going to be in the singles title picture so that they can have something to fight for? Do you want it to be for that, or do you want it to be for something else? Like because sometimes they get put on you know they end up in a storyline with some of the with some of the women who do fight for the singles title and ends up they end up being just either a plot device or a accessory to wear to the ring um like you know this year when um you know becky and lita had them they, they basically they were, they were accessories yeah them, and then they didn't defend them one time until they lost them um they, they had they, they were in a six-woman tag at wrestlemania you know and, and didn't defend the titles they were in a six-woman tag team match and you know they wore the belts to the ring, yay! Right, um, and that happens a lot though, because I mean, when you know when Natty and Tamina were tag team champions, I don't think they defended them at all until they lost them again. And but you know they they had matches on TV and they wore the belt, yay! You know, um, so that happens sometimes. Like you said, we have had a couple of you know title reigns where the where the women holding them did defend them regularly and all of that. Um, and then, but then sometimes they don't. And then sometimes you end up with the iconic situation where they, they win them and they go to witness protection. Um, so it's like they, it, it, honestly, it feels like they're never sure what they want to do with them. Um, sometimes they get, they get, they've been used several times as a plot device for somebody turning on their partner. Um, and nothing else. Um, you know, I mean, Sasha and Bianca were challenging for the women's tag team titles, and Sasha turned on Bianca out of frustration or whatever. And then last year, Rhea Ripley turned on Liv Morgan, and, the, and then before that, Nikki, you know, ASH turned on Rhea Ripley, and then um, this year, Trish turned on Becky, and oh, you had Honda, uh, and it's just like Rhea turned on Liv. I mean, it's yeah, and then so they get used as a they get used as a mechanism to facilitate a betrayal between partners, and sometimes that's all that's all they're good for. And again, sometimes they're just an accessory. Um, and so it's like they they never they haven't you know they they don't know what they want to. It's like they really don't know what they want to do with them, right? And it's and it's sometimes it feels like they just kind of wake up and say, "Oh, well, we have these women's tag teams. I guess we should do something with them." Um, and um, 
I mean, and then, and then you know, of course, then this this year they did the whole thing where they they drafted the NXT Women's Tag Team Champions up to the main roster, and they unified the belts. And now you're looking at like, well, what'd you do that for? And those two are in witness protection now. Yeah, I mean, because they lost um, Isla Dawn and Alba Fire. They lost the unification match to Shayna and Ronda. And that was, I'm looking it up now. Um, that was on. June 23rd. It has been almost two months that we have not seen either one of those ladies since. Yeah. That's um, a shame because they were a good package together. Yeah, and so now it's like, well, A, why did you even bother to bring them up? And why did you bother to unify the tag team titles? I mean, you might as well let them stay on NXT and keep the keep the NXT titles down there on NXT. You might as well have. Yeah. Well, so I and just, that's... just feels to me like they don't know what they're doing. They don't have any idea what they want to do. And they, they don't. And so it's just kind of like, you know, there's just no rhyme or reason or direction to what goes on with them. So the bigger question here is, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Is it lack of effort or is it lack of interest? Because the two are kind of cohesive here. WWE, if something's not getting traction, they're not just going to keep putting it out there and putting it out there and putting it out there. Um, so you got to wonder, did they give this a really good, give it the old college try in the early days, and then it just kept having diminishing returns? And if so, why? And is this just speaking a larger volume about the the casual wrestling fan and women's tag team wrestling? Um, or is there something more going on? Is it a lack of personalities? Is it a lack of being someone interesting? I, I get why, okay, these belts should feel important. So for now, let's put them on our top stars that are currently in the middle of singles feuds. It's like, okay, yeah, you put your tag titles on Becky Lynch and Lita. That's going to get eyes on the tag team titles. But the tag team titles, did that really elevate them any? And I don't think it did. No. I think what we need is a personality, a character who definitively makes those belts important. You can't take the belts and put it on an important person and make the belts more important. It's just not working. So we need a character. I really believe right now Chelsea Green may be that character. I think of anybody in WWE right now, as far as the women go, that isn't already involved in something important. Chelsea Green, because she's ridiculous. And all the right ways, she's ridiculous. And I, I think this might be a good opportunity for them. But they've got to invest in her. They've got to invest in these championships. They've got to put it out there and make people want to want them. Yeah, because because here's another problem. When they have put them on some of the top women there, it they don't keep them very long. Like if right. if like for example, if um, because I floated the idea a week or so ago of since of having Charlotte and Bianca win, since they're kind of having like a tension kind of thing going on and everything, and but you know if they were to have they were to win them and if they were to keep them for a while and then that I think that would elevate them, right? If if they were to keep them for a while and have matches against different teams, and then you could you know put together at some point they could fight another kind of super team so to speak, and you could have a big match and you could do all that type of thing, and you could re- then you could really do something with those. 
but they don't. But well, they they never they don't commit to anything, right? You could do that. You could put you know two, you could have two of your top women win those belts and keep them for a while and have some matches and have some feuds and then eventually drop them. You could do that, but then they always want to do the, the breakup angle and then it, and they always want to do it like in five minutes. And, yeah, and it just. You know, it, it invalidates everything when you do that. Um, you know, I mean, it's just like you got to commit to something. Um, I think I, I do like your Chelsea Green idea, but like I said, they got to commit. They got to they got to keep putting her and Piper on television. Yes, they have, to, they have to put them in matches on television, and they have to win some of those matches, even if they're getting, even if they're you know cheating or getting disqualified or whatever. Right? I mean, you build a narrative around them holding on to you know. Winning the titles and holding on to them. Yeah. Um, you can if, if they commit because to me, I mean, if you're asking me which was like the best run somebody had with the belts, I would go with Shayna and Nia because again, agree, one hundred percent agree. They were on TV every week. They defended the belts on TV. They defended the belts on pay per views. They and they had matches against high level people. They, you know, they wrestled Charlotte and Oscar. They wrestled Bianca and Sasha. They wrestled and they eventually lost to Natty and Tamina. But then they also they defended against other people, and they were just out, you know, and, you know, they were and you know, you know, they had, you know, they beat the winners of the, the wacky tag team match that one year at WrestleMania. You know what the beauty of that time period was? They did all that, made the women's tag team championships feel like something, while also feuding with Lana. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like right. how bizarre is that? Because I mean, because they, you know, they were beating the crap out of her every week, and but it, you know, it 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 did something, right? Yeah. And, and then you know, in the way they won them from Sasha and Bailey, right? Um, and you know, and then to me, that was the best for out of all the teams that had them, they had that was the best those belts have ever been booked, I think. And so for me, you know, you got to commit to Chelsea and Piper, and they it's August. You know, you can build a story around them, you know, holding on to those belts by hook or by crook because they're obviously not supposed to be like a dominant team, right? So, they're yeah, so they're going to be doing all types of, you know, underhanded stuff to win. And so, to me, that's what you should do. Give them and give them a run with that. And, you know, you can have a good time with that. Um, but you have to commit to it. I mean, that's, you, that's the biggest thing you got to commit and you you just have to commit to it. And if this thing is ever going to work, they've got to commit. They've got to commit to, you know, some champions. They got to commit to keeping some teams together. And let Chelsea run her mouth. Let Piper Niven destroy people. Yeah. Yes. You could, this is a for this is a, this is a time tested formula. Yes, exactly. And um, right. And um. It's it's very again it's 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 not hard. You, I mean, it's just a matter of do you want to because yeah, and particularly on Raw because I mean, all right, you know, we talked about Rhea before. Rhea spends most of her time doing stuff with the Judgment Day, so I mean, she don't exactly you know. So there isn't exactly a whole lot of regular action every week around the singles title as it is. Um, this is a perfect opportunity to, to do something. Um, with that and. And you know, I mean, just but they, you know, they they got to do it. They got to commit. Yeah, Jason, you got any more thoughts here? 
Well, you guys said it's a time-tested formula of, you know, Chelsea runs her mouth and Piper backs it up. Um, but, yes, that is a time-tested formula. But not only that, there are, those are two excellent people to fill those roles. Because uh, Chelsea, as much as I, you know, sports hate her, I will say, um, she she's very good professional wrestler and she's pretty darn good at talking. Um, and Piper is, uh, she is very, very, she's very good for a professional, as a professional wrestler. Um, she's not just a big girl. She's a big girl who can move. Um, so she, she will, she's going to be a great heavy for or enforcer, however you want to put it for those tag team titles. Yeah. I, and I enjoy seeing her back on my TV again. Yes, so. sir. Hopefully they commit to it. Hopefully this becomes something because I, I it, all bits aside, we strongly advocate and support women's wrestling here. I want to see the women succeed. I want I want a thriving women's tag team division because there are a lot of women on that roster that are diver- deserving of you know TV time. I won't say they all deserve the championship because I don't go there, but they deserve the TV time. They deserve the opportunity. Now we just need to slot them in. We need to commit. We need to say, okay, we're doing this, and we're going to do it until the fans look at us and say, we don't want it. And at the end of the day, it, it's in the fans' hands. And bring back Nia Jax. Put her and Shana back together. I'm okay with that, too. Absolutely okay with that. I mean, why not? Why not? Yeah. I mean, seriously, why not? Sure. Sure. Yeah, I mean, Shayna needs something to do. So now that now that the, the, the Ronda thing has moved on and, you know, we're on to the next thing, once she's healthy, fully healthy again, we should be, you know, if we're bringing back Nia Jax, let's do it. I, look, I mean, they were a very entertaining team. They, you know, I loved it. And, look, that was the most entertaining Shayna's ever been since she's been there. Yeah, her getting so frustrated and irritated with Nia Jax yeah. was just – those two played so well off each other. I enjoyed every minute of it. So I'm I'm here for that. Do that, and but yeah, I guess you got to commit to something. And it's just at the end of the day, that's what it is. Yeah, because I mean, like you said, you got almost like 40 women on the roster. Like, like, and I'm not saying release anybody. I don't advocate for that. But you have them all there. Um, what's the point of having them all there? Um. If you know to just not do to do to do what you're doing right now and the lack of commitment, what's the point of having all of them there? Yeah. All right. All right. Well, I think we can call it a show here. I think we can call it a go home. But before I do that, I want to promote a few things. Uh, I you know, we joked earlier about how I've been all over the podcast verse this week. Uh, Rob went down the went down to one with me. We were with uh, EJ from it wasn't his earnestly speaking podcast. What was the one we did? Oh man, I forget. He I does, forget he the does, name does, of the other podcast that he does. Man, he's, he's got a whole bunch of podcasts. I think his one of his main ones is earnestly speaking. Yeah. He's EJ Christian Seven on the the app formerly known as Twitter. Uh, great guy, great podcast host. Rob and I were on there with him. We did a watch along of Saturday night's main event from 1988. Uh, I think one of the main matches was Hulk Hogan versus King Kong Bundy. We had a great time there. Uh, I did some more work on the Attitude of Aggression podcast, the big four 
show with uh, Dave and PC Tunney. You can find uh, the Attitude of Aggression and the Big Four on the Chairshot Radio Network, thechairshot.com. I don't think that particular episode is out yet. Uh, last night I was on with the D, with DWI guy. Uh, it was PC Tunney who's been on this show before. You know, he and I talked some a little bit of wrestling. Good time. Uh, good, good, just all over the podcast, man. Talking a lot of wrestling this week, and you know, it's it's been fun. Actually, I, I do have something here. I just stumbled across. Uh, oh, go right ahead. Uh-oh. This, this is a quote from one of uh, Cody Rhodes. This is something that Arn Anderson told him. All right, he says uh, it's going to sound crude. But it was something that Arn always hit me with. He says, be selfish. Because I never really understand what be selfish means. As I get it, and I can point at something and go, ah, I know what they're doing there. But Arn knew where I was at. And I think to a degree knew where I was going. Even without it all happening. And knew that I might have been giving too much of myself away. I might have been giving too much of my equity away. I might have been giving individuals who weren't for the moment. The moment, and that was always great advice that he had about being selfish, and it would kind of reel me in for the matches. That's sage advice from a from a, a an absolute legend. Yeah, and um, you know, sometimes look in that business, um, you absolutely have to you have to be that sometimes, um, and it's just a great quote, and you know, and look the the. You know, they had to tell the, the 14-time women's champion to do that. Because um, she was told once that, you know, you give people too much, that people get too much offense in on you. Yeah. And she was told point blank, like, you got to stop that. You're too big. You know, you're you're bigger than most of these girls. You need, you need to stop letting them get as much offense in on you as they do. Um, well, that, that was early on a critique that I know we're kind of straight off topic. That was early on a critique that uh, Steve Austin had about Roman Reigns. He's like, you are too big of a guy to be taking this much offense off of people. Yeah. yeah. It's so, okay to, like, no-sell some of these guys a couple of times. Yeah. You don't have to die every time somebody hits you with something. You're six foot, what, four, five, Roman is? Yeah. yeah. Two, yeah. 260, something like that. You're a big, you're, you're a hoss, dude. You know, work like a hoss. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We know you're good at selling. You, you don't have to sell every move. Yep. All right, why don't we get out of here a little bit early, guys? Yeah, let's do that. All right. I think we're all in favor of that. It's been a long week. I think I'm ready to call it a night and go to bed here pretty soon. want to thank you, as always, for listening to the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. We love having you guys. You know, Follow us every week. Listen to us every week. And if you made it to the end, we thank you again. Remember, you can call it pro wrestling. You can call it sports entertainment. You can call it whatever you want. But call it in the ring. And we're out of here until next week.